try to wrap your brain around this. You're six years old, you live in a foster home, and already you figure out that your hope of getting out and into a real family is over. I was six years old, you know, kids don't often get adopted as older children. Uh, most people are looking for a newborn, an infant, or a, a baby. And so it became kind of understood that as you got older, it was very unlikely you would become adopted. This is the Another Chance Podcast, episode one, entitled Adopting Josh. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for being here. By the way, for more information about this podcast, show notes, and ways to follow me, just visit briansussman.com. Now, this is episode one. You're thinking, this better be good. Well, I think it will be good. This is an amazing story that I'm warning you ahead of time will tug your heartstrings. Let's begin by going back in time to the year 1990. I had no idea that I was about to meet my future son. I was the TV weatherman at KPIX CBS 5 in San Francisco. Again, it's 1990. A nonprofit group had approached the TV station with a proposal. They told us that 60,000 kids in California lived in foster care. 60,000. Most of them, at least a large percentage, would be eligible someday to be adopted. So the group wanted to use the KPIX TV airwaves once a week to highlight the life of a child who was in need of an adoptive family. Now, this group had the support of all the family court judges in the Bay Area. They would select the children for us, and all we had to do at Channel 5 was simply supply a host and a video crew. So they're talking to me about this. <laughs> they had no idea why I said yes to this proposal so quickly. It's because, unbeknownst to them, my wife and I had already adopted two sons. So over the course of 10 years, this program, which was called Brian's Kids, highlighted the lives of over 400 children in foster care, and all of them, all of them were successfully adopted. So now let's fast forward to May 2000. Our crew visited a park in San Jose, California to meet a skinny little kid with a big smile named Joshua. He was wearing hand-me-downs, had a snotty nose, unkempt, wavy hair, and a big smile. Now, here's an actual snippet from that Brian's Kids broadcast. I will play the entire broadcast for you at the end of this podcast. In the meantime, let's go back. Memory Lane, May 2000. Hey, who's in there? It's you! What are you doing in there? Smiling. Yeah, that's you! You're smiling! Can you say something? Say, hello everybody! Hello everybody! My name's Joshua! My name's Joshua! And with that, you've met our newest little buddy Joshua. He's almost six years old and he loves to laugh. You'll hear the rest of that clip a little bit later, but I have to tell you, after we videotaped Joshua in the park, I went home to my wife and I said, I just met this remarkable young man, little kid about to turn six. I, I, I really think this family needs to meet him. 
And my wife said, okay, slow down a little bit. Slow down. We've been down this road with you before. There have been other kids over the last 10 years that you wanted to adopt. But after much consideration and prayer, we determined it wasn't the right thing for us. And all those kids were adopted. They're all in wonderful homes, Brian, my wife told me. But there was something about Josh. And I said, no, I, we've got to meet this kid. I think, I think he could really be a part of this family. So we prayed. And we all decided, okay, we need to meet Josh. I have to throw this in. My oldest son, Samuel, was 12 at the time. He was at the park when we videotaped Josh. And he told me something. He said, Dad, before we met Josh in the park, I had a dream. I was playing soccer with this little kid. That kid was Josh. So in Samuel's mind, it was a done deal. Joshua had to be a part of the family. So we took the next step. I contacted Josh's social worker, and we arranged for a no-strings-attached visit to our house. He arrived, and there he was. He had a, a different suit of clothes on, used, of course. His hair was slicked down. He wasn't making eye contact with any of us. You could tell he was rather weary. He knew me, of course, from being on TV. He recognized my son, Sam, from also being on that TV shoot. But here's a little guy close to his age. That's my youngest son, Ben, and then an old, older teenage daughter, my daughter, Elisa, and my wife, who he didn't know. But I looked at this little boy, and my heart was broken. You look at a little boy like this, and it just didn't seem fair that life had dealt him such a bad hand. If there was anyone who needed another chance, it was Josh. And again, looking at him in our entryway, my heart just broke. And my wife's heart broke at the same time. We were standing on opposite sides of the entryway. I couldn't take it. I did a U-turn. Right behind me was a guest bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I began to cry, to weep uncontrollably. Simultaneously, my wife was overcome by the same emotion. Now she was across the entryway from me. She turned to the hallway behind her and quickly went to the restroom so she could also cry. I finally cleared the tears out of my eyes, washed off my face and came back into the entryway. I have no idea what the social worker was thinking. <laughs> Where did the parents go? But the point is we were just overcome. Oh my goodness, this poor little kid. But it turned out to be a nice day. And it was the start of something special. Now, this was 18 years ago. Joshua is 24 years old now. I recently asked him what he recalls about that very first meeting in our home. Was that when we had burgers? Yep, we had burgers. Do you What do you remember that? I remember that and the pool. Um, I remember sitting at the... Um come dinner time or lunch time, um, I remember sitting at the bar and uh, eating uh, said burgers and meeting everyone and having a good time, you know, having a fun time. And it wasn't, it didn't strike me as anything particularly unusual because at this point I had been to a lot of foster homes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I was fairly accustomed to going to new houses or environments and, but but you really had no idea what was going to happen at this house. I don't believe. No, no. I don't believe you've been coached up or anything. They just put on a nice suit of clothes for you, combed your hair, 
and probably said, get out there and smile. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. As for those downcast eyes when he first walked into her house, I asked Josh about that. Here's what he recalls. I was wary. I wasn't. It wasn't that I was immediately untrustworthy of anyone. I didn't think people were out to get me, but I also wouldn't put my trust in someone easily because <laughs> I knew that I, hey, I, I could all, this could change in an instant. So Joshua left our house, and the next day we had a family meeting to determine whether or not we wanted to go forward with Joshua. I turned first to my son, Sam, and Sam said, well, of course we have to adopt him. You'll remember that Sam had the dream. I turned to Benjamin, who was eight, and Benjamin said, well, yeah, if we don't adopt him, he's not going to think he's cool. I then asked my daughter, Elisa, who was 17, to weigh in, and recently, I asked her if she could recall what she said all these many years later. Just remembering, remember having already met Joshua, and he was already creeping into my heart because he was such a sweet little kid. And I remember thinking, this boy needs a home. How, how could we just not invite him into our big, beautiful home and our amazing family? So then all eyes turned to my wife, their mother. I was a little concerned because adding a fourth child to the mix would really increase my burden since you're not around at night. There's a lot to do with little kids in the evening, bath time, homework, sports, mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah, and I was always bummed that I wasn't around for those important times because I was busy making a living on TV, 6 o'clock news, 11 o'clock news. So... You called it. Right. I, you needed to change jobs. You needed a career change. As difficult as it would be, that would be best for the family and for Joshua. Huge leap of faith, but looking back, it was totally the right thing for us to do. Right. It was a huge leap of faith. There was quite a decrease in income. No more Nordstrom shopping trips, but uh, I think we made the right decision. And so, as a family, we were all in. And we took God at his word. I mean, the Bible says God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and his glory. So we knew God would find for me another job, another source of income. And we knew that we were going to adopt Josh. And so the formal process began of adopting Joshua. He came to our house first as a foster child while the paperwork was in place to move towards adoption. But prior to him coming to live with us, we learned more about Joshua. He was born in an ambulance. He was born addicted to cocaine. He spent a long time in a hospital in an incubator. After being discharged from the hospital, he wound up in the care of his grandparents. After a short period of time, Child Protective Services were called to his grandparents' house because of the living conditions. And that's when he began foster care. There were some other things we learned about Joshua upon his very first night of living with us. In the middle of the night, we were all awakened to screams. He suffered from night terrors. Every night, he would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. It was very disconcerting. We had no idea what was going on. And there were other behaviors that he had that were consistent with an orphan who had been separated from his mother at birth. 
It was very, very troubling, but by the grace of God, we were able to hang in. Now, again, we're a family of faith. We have a deep-rooted faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we do believe that the Messiah is indeed Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua. That's, that's our faith in a nutshell. And my daughter at the age of 17 was all in. We went on a family vacation to Catalina, which is an island just off the coast of Southern California. It was an annual vacation where we would meet with family and friends. And Josh had only been with us a few months at this point in time. And now everybody got to meet Joshua. Elisa asked if she could put Josh down for the night, and so in our hotel room, she had a goal. She was going to specifically tell young Joshua at the age of six about faith in the Lord Jesus. I asked Elisa what she recalls about that meeting with Joshua because it really did set the course for his life. Right, right. So as per my mother's bedtimes, we get prayed for when we're put to bed. I was all, my mom was very routine about that. We always, she always prayed that we would have sweet dreams and that angels would protect us the whole night through. And so I remember going to pray for him and thought, does he know what this is? Does he know the significance of being prayed for? And if I'm going to pray for sweet dreams, does he understand that angels will be watching over him and the power of the supernatural? And so I thought, well, I better ask him if he gets this or if he even wants to be prayed for. Because I thought, how strange to pray for somebody who maybe doesn't understand the significance of it. And so that led into a much bigger conversation than I think I expected. Not surprisingly, Josh remembers that moment in the hotel. I remember um, it was in the hotel room, um, the room that we had. Uh, my sister, Elisa, ended up kind of pulling me to the side. And I think everyone else was doing something else at that point. And she pretty much just up, up front asked me, you know, do I did I know Jesus? Do I know who he was, you know, about this whole what deals with this whole Christianity thing? And I had gone to church a couple times at least at this point mm -hmm. through um through my family but I hadn't I didn't have an intimate relationship with God or I didn't really wasn't really understanding of who he was outside of a church mm -hmm. so long story short Josh prayed a simple prayer of faith childlike faith and trusting his life into that of the hands of the Lord now as for those dreams Remember, Elisa came there to specifically pray for him to have, among other things, sweet dreams. Here's what Josh recalls. So when I was adopted, before I was adopted, I used to suffer from uh, nightmares um, nonstop. And I was, for me, I was very aware of kind of the spiritual without really knowing it, you know, I had in my dreams, I would have demons or things, you know, and whether that would be in the like horror movie type sense where, oh, I know there's something behind the door in my dream or, and I can remember a lot of times it would take the form of, you know, darkness, just, you know, if I knew something was behind the door, it would just be intense darkness and feeling of dread and whatnot. And so I had that and just about up until I got adopted, and even I had it, it carried on over, 
but I knew that Jesus was the answer that, you know, where there was darkness, there must also be light. And so I knew there was something else to the equation too. And so Mm. when I heard about Jesus and God, it just made sense. I should mention that my daughter is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I asked her about those dreams that Joshua was having back then. And here's what she said. This is an interesting question because this is kind of where psychology and the spiritual realms collide. And I think that there's probably some of both happening. Mm -hmm. For Josh, he was probably processing a lot of his life that was so out of his control during the nighttime because that's a lot a lot of what dreams are you're processing your emotions of what happened through the day and at that age when you have zero control over your life which he had zero control the safest place to process is at night and so zero control equals zero control at night as well Hmm. so then you have the spiritual aspect also which may have been impacting his dreams, thus the demons, etc. So, yeah, very significant that our family would be so keen on praying for a sweet sleep. But here's the amazing thing. The dreams stopped, the bad dreams stopped as soon as he had that moment of prayer with you. Boom, done, over, mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe okay, there's a spiritual dynamic here. Absolutely undeniable. So there was the spiritual dynamic, but there was also the love dynamic. Our family was able to love Josh so easily because we knew that God loved us first. He loved us first and had shown us the reality of his son, Jesus, Yeshua, who died for our sins. So that love from God was present in our family, and now we were loving this new little boy that was going to become a son in our family, and it all showed up in the form of a kiss. My wife reminded me of this story. We had to include it. Here's my wife talking about the very first night she put Josh down to bed. So the first night I was to tuck Joshua into bed, We said our prayers, and I gave him a kiss goodnight. And he said, so that's what a kiss feels like. And he was six years old. That was just so heart-wrenching to think he had never even been kissed before as a sweet little six-year-old. We were able to love Josh as a family because we knew that God first loved us. So Josh was experiencing God's love. And therefore, when he was finally introduced to the Lord, it was easy to accept God's love because he was already experiencing God's love in his own family. But all that said, as Josh reached his high school years, there were moments in time where he started to question elements of his faith. During this time, I was starting to have a lot of questions. God, where are you? You know, what? And I had prayed for uh, for the miraculous and just that if God, if you exist, like, I I believe you exist, but could you just show me something? Could you help me out here? Hmm. Because I would like a sign of your power 
because I, I know you exist, but, and I, and that was even asking for that was hard for me because I, I know that he doesn't always, you know, show up at people's like, he doesn't always perform miracles on people's command. <laughs> and so it was, uh, all right, well, I mean, this would be incredible, God, but I understand if it doesn't work. And then I ended up going to a Christian camp shortly after that, where I did, in fact, witness the miraculous and I saw people healed. And just incredible things done that for me, it was just like, okay, well, this is it. I mean, I, I asked for a sign and God has delivered. Hmm. And I mean, how could I ever doubt again seeing hmm. that? And that's kind of when I made my declaration that like, okay, God, I've, I'm yours hmm. from now until the day I die. And I will tell you, Josh is now 24, of course, and he continues to walk the talk. I'll tell you what he's up to in just a moment, but first I want to go back in time to the year 2000. This is the actual Brian's Kids piece that we ran on KPIX Channel 5. Little did I know that as this was airing, this was going to be the videotape that would change my life, my wife's life, our family's life. He would become such a blessing to us, and he would become such a blessing to so many. So the audio is a little choppy. I'm sure you'll understand. It's been a bunch of years. However, I really hope you will enjoy. Hey, who's in there? Is that me? <laughs> That's you. What are you doing in there? Smiling. Yeah, that's you. You're smiling. Can you say something? Say, hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. My name's Joshua. My name's Joshua. And with that, you've met our newest little buddy, Joshua. He's almost six years old, and he loves to laugh. Joshua has been in foster care for about two years. He's healthy, overall developing right on target. He interacts well with adults and gets along with other kids too, like my son Sam here, who Joshua had only met five minutes before. I can see you. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. But what I love about this little guy is his ability to fun. <laughs> Joshua has so many positives. What he needs is a family to call his own. And that's where you come in. Give us a call. We're Brian's kids, and we've been helping families grow for 10 years. Wow. I only recently unearthed that video and had it digitized, and every time I hear it, I still get choked up. I recently asked Josh how he tells his story to others when the occasion arises depending on how well i know that the individual but um i might say you know yeah so i was actually adopted when i was uh six years old i was born in an ambulance on the way to the hospital and my uh, birth mother was addicted to drugs birth father nowhere in the picture no idea no records of him really or anything and so I was born addicted and spent some time in the hospital. 
At which point, uh, my birth family took me back, or my birth mother, who lived with her parents, who had some mental instability, as far as I can recall, um, reading about as well, until about, I was three, then CPS got called by, uh, by a neighbor. So I was taken away in, in foster homes for the next several years, until I was six, and then I was adopted by my, my, my folks. And it is a privilege for my wife and I to be Josh's folks. Over the years, my wife and I have been asked many times, how did you guys do it? I mean, adopt these three kids. Can I tell you something? All we did was say yes to God. We just showed up. He supplied the wisdom, the patience, the knowledge, the grace, the strength, he supplied it all. And I say this to encourage you. All you need to do when put in that situation is say yes to the Lord, and he will supply all your needs according to his riches and his glory. So now, the postscript on Joshua's life. Following this interview, he moved to Switzerland and married a beautiful young woman named Ladina. She is a Swiss citizen. They together live in Zurich. Many, many people from the United States came to the wedding in Switzerland. It was absolutely beautiful. And I can tell you in a nutshell, they are living happily ever after. Joshua Robert Sussman, he received another chance from a God whose fountain is filled with an ever-flowing abundance of additional chances. And there's an additional chance for you as well. By the way, if you'd like to read background notes regarding this episode, just go to briansussman.com. They're posted under blogs. And if you'd like to follow me via social media, again, go to briansussman.com. On the next episode of Another Chance, you're going to meet my friend John and his wife, Ursula. John was the guy who many years ago, I told him I was going to pray for him. And I said, I'm going to pray for you just like this, John. I'm going to pray that you become miserable. <laughs> well, he did. And through that misery, he received another chance from the Lord. You have to listen to the next episode. And I know you will. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brian Sussman. Thank you.